Black lives are essential. Black lives are worthy. Black lives are beautiful. Black lives matter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Earth Body, the podcast where spirituality, wellness, and environmentalism meet because they are all oh so deeply connected. I am your host, Maya Carl. For those of you who are new to this podcast, welcome. I am a holistic health and lifestyle coach, as well as a yoga and meditation teacher, new yoga teacher, whoop, whoop. Um, And I come here to share my experience, to share the experience of others, and to really have an open forum and platform to share different aspects of spirituality, wellness, and environmentalism because I feel that they are so deeply, deeply rooted together. I have a history with my own health and that is how I came to holistic health. I helped to heal myself and now I work on a daily basis to help others heal themselves as well. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Today, I am going to be talking about the revolution that is going on in the world right now. And some may think that this is me being political or, you know, talking out of the usual subject matter on here, but I would have to disagree. What is going on in the world on top of there being a global pandemic is another kind of pandemic that we are experiencing, and that is racism. And it is a very real foundation that this country has been built on in the way that it was established, in the way that it took other cultures out to make room for itself. There's so much that I want to cover on this, on Black Lives Matter specifically, on my own experience with this and what I've seen and what I've learned in becoming and continuing to educate myself as an ally and to be active in rearranging and reforming our systems and our colonized minds to really be able to be present with what's happening. So if this is already making you a little bit uncomfortable, I would actually encourage you to keep it on because although a lot of the conversations we're having now around racism are uncomfortable, they are incredibly necessary. And that is something that I've really come to understand over the past six months with myself. Um, I know you all can't see me, but I am I am white. I am of Eastern European descent. And so my experience through all of this is very different than any person of color. So I just want to acknowledge that I know that I am speaking from a place of privilege. I know that I will never understand the experience of a BIPOC person. And just so you know, I'm going to be introducing some language if you're not already aware of it. But BIPOC, B-I-P-O-C, is an acronym for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color. And these people are grouped together in this way because, and set aside from white people, because they have all faced certain kinds of oppression due to their non-whiteness, due to the color of their skin, have faced racism, have faced unequal opportunity, 
So that's that's the term, BIPOC. So I never will know what their experience is, what your experience, if you are one of those people and you're listening to this, I, I deeply understand that I will never know what you have gone through and what you will go through. But I am here to share that I will stand and fight by your side for equity, for change, for truth, for justice, because we are all human beings. We all bleed red. And we can't start saying all lives matter until that's actually a true fact. If all lives matter, people would not be experiencing the incredible oppression that they have been for decades and decades and centuries. It's really incredible how we have all gone about our daily lives kind of being aware of what's going on, but also being so blind to so much. And I think that this year in general, but since this revolution of racial justice has come to all of our front doors, we've really had to take a step back and look at ourselves and look at our lives and look at our systems and acknowledge what is not working anymore, what has never worked, and what we need to do to actively change that moving forward. So much of what has happened, and especially the intensity of it, was sparked by George Floyd's murder and soon after Breonna Taylor's murder. And these tragedies, these horrible, horrible tragedies of these lives being taken due to a system that is completely broken, was never really good to begin with. And we've all been living with them and kind of idly sitting by as they continue to grow, as they continue to assume power and resources. And we've all become a lot more aware. I'm, I'm so, even though there has been so much heartbreak and heartache and, and violence and, and chaos, it has forced us to open our eyes in a different way than we have ever been forced to before. And I'm, I'm speaking to all people because I think that a lot of us have been comfortable with the way that things are in certain ways and we are being forced to get uncomfortable and that's okay. Discomfort is when growth happens. Being uncomfortable is a sign that we need to lean in, that we have to get curious, that we have to get educated, that we have to understand the experience of another as well as our own experience and be able to process that. And I think that all of this has lent that to a greater portion of the population. I am lucky enough to, lucky, I don't know if it's the word, but I am able to attend marches and rallies. And I have done that throughout the past five, six months in uh, Manhattan, in Brooklyn, um, up around where I live, which is about half an hour north of the city. And it has been such an incredible experience. Most, if not all, of the marches and rallies that I have been to have been led by 20-somethings, young people, and some even in high school. It was amazing. It's, it's amazing and it's heartbreaking that high schoolers are 
having to organize and lead marches to fight for their lives, to fight to be recognized as human beings and to be treated equally. It, to me, it just doesn't make sense that this is happening. I, I've been trying to figure out, you know, how, how did we let this happen? How did the world let this happen? How did this country let this happen? How did so many people let this happen? And the simple answer is because so much of the course of our our country, our lives, our future was determined long before we got here. And that doesn't excuse anyone for allowing it to continue. But we come into this world knowing what we know, knowing what our parents teach us, but not knowing hate, not knowing racism, not knowing all these things, but they've been so subtly and not so subtly in, in, imprinted in our culture and in our minds. And we have to continue to take step ba- steps back to realize that this doesn't have to be our future. This doesn't have to be the way that we live. We don't have to accept this system the way it is because it's not working for so many people, so many people. And so I've, I've been to these, these rallies and these marches, which have been so powerful. I feel like it's really unfortunate, the disconnect that many have right now for those who cannot go out and participate. It's hard to see and understand the power and the intensity and the love and the joy, but also the deep, deep sadness and the exhaustion that are at these these events. And I'm not shaming anyone for not showing up. Obviously, if you can show up, please do. But please recognize that thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people have been coming together for months now, for months, showing up in the streets. There have been marches every single day in every single borough in New York City since George Floyd's murder, George Floyd's. And it it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop because what is happening is unacceptable. The system that we've allowed to go on is unacceptable. And, you know, so much of it is based around Black Lives Matter, which is a statement. It is not a political statement. It is a statement of human rights. It is, again, I'll say it again, Black Lives Matter is not a political statement but it is a movement to address systemic and state violence against African-Americans. The organizers in 2013, Alicia Garza, Patrice Coolers, Coolers, and Opal Tometi created a black-centered political will and movement building project called Black Lives Matter, which was in response to the acquittal of Trayvon Martin's murder, George Zimmerman. The project is now a member-led global network of more than 40 chapters. Members organize and build local power to intervene in violence inflicted on black communities by the state and vigilantes. Black Lives Matter is an ideological and political intervention in a world where black lives are systemically and intentionally targeted for demise. It is an affirmation of black folks' humanity, contributions to the society, and their resilience in the face of deadly oppression. 
that definition was on the website called racialequitytools.org, which I would highly recommend checking out. They have a whole glossary of terms that I think are very important to be aware of if you are going to be talking about this subject with anyone, um, educating anyone about it. So I know right before I read this, I said Black Lives Matter is not a political statement. The group has come, has was created to be a political movement, not in the way of taking parties or taking sides, which is what it's turned into, which is what I meant when I said that earlier, is that Black Lives Matter is not a democratic statement. It's not a Republican statement. It's not a, a independent statement. Black Lives Matter is a statement saying that in our policies, in our systems of government, in all of our systems, Black Lives Matter. So just wanted to clarify that um, and remind people that although, yes, there was looting and violence, many, many sources proved that a lot of the looting and violence were outside groups taking advantage of the situation, but also to recognize that people getting upset over some stores being looted of course there were family businesses that were damaged it was not beneficial and all of the organizers of these events do not promote that that is people taking advantage of a situation but regardless of that we are especially as white people are not allowed and have no place telling anyone in the BIPOC community how they should express their anger, their pain, their frustration with the world and what's going on. And the fact that more people got charged for doing those kinds of things than the murderers of Breonna Taylor is absolutely absurd and shows how in this country we place profit over people. It is a very capitalist mentality that our country has adopted in recognizing that people who damage property, that property will get more justice than the people doing the damaging, which is very unfortunate and just shows another way that the system is incredibly broken. There are ways to be an ally, and I would encourage people to to step up and do that for themselves and for their communities. So being an ally means a lot of things, but there's a couple different ways that you can show up doing that. So another definition from that website, racialequitytools.org, is the definition of an ally. So someone who makes the commitment and effort to recognize their privilege based on gender, class, race, sexual identity, etc., and work in solidarity with oppressed groups in the struggle for justice. Allies understand that it is in their own interest to end all forms of oppression, even those from which they may benefit in concrete ways. Allies commit to reducing their own complicity or collusion in oppression of these groups and invest in strengthening their own knowledge and awareness of oppression. Such a good definition. So how can you be an ally? There are many ways to be an ally. Simple things that you can do on a regular basis are signing petitions that are helpful to racial justice, to things that are going on, different cases, 
um, donating to certain organizations like the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, the Loveland Foundation, um, Black Lives Matter. There's there's so many different organizations that you can donate to that will be helpful. Places and people that are marching, they always need supplies. That's another place to go. So giving, if you can't give of yourself, if you can't show up and be there in person, give in other ways financially, again, with your time. And not only giving of yourself, but educating yourself. Taking time to watch documentaries and read articles and learn history. That is something that I really dove into when all of this got so intense in the beginning and throughout it doesn't stop this this fight for justice is a marathon not a sprint and we have to recognize that sustainable change isn't going to happen overnight but now is the time for sustainable change to be made so we have to keep going we have to stay on this we have to keep reminding ourselves that even though we can live our everyday lives and not have to think about this and don't have to focus on these kinds of things we really need to be doing what we can to make this life livable for everyone we we can't just keep ignoring it and being so self-centered all the time our communities are what support us our communities are what bring people together and help people find like-minded people and and we educate each other and we level up in in our lives together so we really need to focus on doing that um other ways to be an ally in the workplace uh standing up for equity among you know people getting paid promotions um, if you see that your company has put out a black lives matter statement follow up with them and ask them what they're doing what their practices are and what they plan on doing um, and being an ally too at home and having those conversations with your partner with your family um, with your friends you know if you hear someone say something racist not being silent and, and correcting them. We have to really make an environment that is not conducive to racist behavior. And that doesn't mean shutting people down necessarily. We have to remember that people were raised different ways. They have different predispositions. And although I don't think racism is acceptable in any form or shape or at any time, yelling at someone for saying something isn't gonna change them. We have to educate our friends, our family, our coworkers, are random people we meet because if we can come to a common ground if we can find some humanity in each other we have a much better chance of making a sustainable change in their hearts and minds and making more room for love and less room for hate and i just think that is so so deeply important at this time is lifting up love our unfortunate i don't even want to say our present our 45 is really trying to create so much hate in this country and between people and it's really wild because he's painting this movement as being thugs as being violent as being hateful as doing all of these horrible things when it is our our <laughs> Our people, our, our brothers and sisters, our essential workers, our doctors, our engineers, our everyone 
all of these people coming together, literally screaming for equality, not asking, not even asking for reparations right now, just asking for equality, asking to be seen in the eyes of the government, in the eyes of the law as equal and not be treated differently. And, and it's, it's incredible how it's been spun to be this, this political far left statement, which it really is not. So I hope that whoever is listening to this is having their own experience with it. Um, I will be sharing a few more resources on allyship in the notes. Um, but I did want to talk about something I'm currently doing to educate myself as an ally, which is an awesome text challenge, if you will, um, run by Dr. Akila Kadeh. She is a wonderful woman and she has teamed up with Nudge, which I believe is like a texting thing, like company. And so three times a week for a month, I get texts in the morning and the evening from her or from from this whole program that she's doing. And they are all about learning about anti-racism and how to be an ally and the disparities that people face. What I just read about yesterday was all about the disparities in COVID and how black people are dying at a much higher rate than white people due to racism essentially and i know that sounds crazy but the way that they break it down makes absolute sense because so many black people are our essential workers so they're more uh susceptible to it just because they're in those environments more um black people tend to have more stress because they have to endure racism and all of what we've been learning about through all of this, all seeing these things on the news. Um, in the video that I watched, I actually learned that there's a term called weathering, which absolutely breaks my heart, but it is that the black body is weathered by discrimination and racism and the ways that people act, and it, it actually ages them and can cause other underlying heart issues because there's stress on, the, not just heart issues, can cause underlying health issues because there's all of this additional stress on the body. So it's just things like that that we need to be aware of because that is what propels us to action. Things like that and, and wanting equality and wanting a fair and healthy life for all people. That's what, that's what we're going for here. We want everyone to have good opportunities, to have good housing, to have good health care, to have a good education. And the way that our system is set up, the way that the prejudices have leaked into our minds, the way that our minds are colonized in the way that Americans colonized this country, it's it doesn't really make sense anymore. It doesn't make sense the way that we're doing things. So be aware. Take a second. Take a look at yourself. Take a look at your own privilege. You might not even feel like you have privilege, but I guarantee you do. And really recognize that the power that you have, some of that power 
right now needs to be used to help gain equality for others. We are a global community. We are not segregated to our little towns, our cities, or even our states. We are a global community, and we have to step up, and we have to keep stepping up. There is, there is no, there's no end with this, especially in the coming years. Things are going to continue to happen like this. Tensions are high now, but we can come to a better place. It is possible. I have faith with all of the passion that is in all of the hearts of people participating in this movement, it will change. It will change. The world will change. Big shifts are happening right now and we just have to be open to them and continue to learn and move with the flow of them because there's no turning back to the way things were. That is just unacceptable at this point. Too many people are not gonna let that happen and I'm one of them. So I really hope that you got something out of this podcast. I have so much more to say about all of this, but I just wanted to come on and speak to all of those out there who are maybe questioning any parts of the movement. I hope I answered some questions um, and to just hear each other's experience about this. I know whenever I've seen people who I haven't seen since the beginning of the quarantine, it's, it's almost immediate that we talk about the pandemic, but what has been even stronger and more prominent in my mind is this revolution that's happening partially as a result of the pandemic i mean millions of people showing up in the streets has been a result of millions of people being unemployed but also people being called to end this nonsense that continues to happen police brutality is completely unacceptable and it must change and I mean, not just police brutality. We have to have equal, like I said before, equal opportunities for housing, for education, for food, um, for health care. All of these things need to be universally good for everyone. We can't just keep living our lives on the backs of others. It is, it is just unacceptable. Let us become this global community. Let us see each other's humanity. Let us see each other's hearts and really connect at that level because it is, it is necessary right now. Love is going to win over this even if it has to take a lot, but it will. It will and we just have to keep expanding and opening our hearts and sending good energy onto the world, doing that active allyship. We don't want performative allyship. An example of performative allyship is posting that black square on Instagram or Facebook and doing nothing else to support the movement, to support your fellow brothers and sisters. That is performative allyship. That is not what the movement needs. We need people who are going to show up, who are going to keep talking about it, who are going to keep it alive in the minds and hearts of the people around us because it is such an important thing that we need to focus on right now, not just for black people, but for all people of color, for indigenous people, for anyone who is oppressed. We, we need to start lifting this. I mean, start. We, we should have been doing it for decades and decades now, but we need to really pay attention and put energy to lifting this oppression and making it just a better world. Okay, and end rant. I appreciate whoever has listened this far. I hope that maybe we're on the same page. I would love to be a support 
in any way possible. Um, just to go back quick to what I was saying before about Akila, Dr. Akila Kadeh, she's doing this nudge challenge. So it's it's three days a week, morning and evening for a month. You get a text and it helps teach you about how to be a better ally and helps to educate you about being anti-racist. It's $5 for the entire month. All of the 100% of the proceeds, I'm pretty sure, goes to the NAACP uh, legal fund. And it's just a great, great, great opportunity to be educated by an amazing woman. So I hope you check that out. Again, I will be posting some more resources in the notes. I am super grateful for everyone who has been on here today. It's been, I feel like, a reawakening and a rebirthing of this podcast. And I will continue to post content. I'm very, very grateful to you all. Sending so much love and light out to everyone who has been affected by the pandemic, by the atrocities that have been going on. Empaths out there especially, I feel you so hard. My heart is with you. And I hope that you all have a wonderful rest of your day, week, month, year, life.